Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tyus Williams. Da-da-da-da. It's almost like we're not taking this episode seriously anyway. j form, is it? How are you doing after you've, you've, you've beaten the global pandemic? Congratulations. Oh, man. It's been... Hmm. It's been, it's been an interesting few months, you know, having hand, foot, and mouth disease, and then Christmas, and then straight into COVID. That was good. And I'm including Christmas as one of those diseases. <laughs> God damn you, baby Jesus. That's yeah, what Mary absolutely. said. Oh, it's a plague. <laughs> Honestly, Joseph, it's a plague that's given me this baby. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Just forget Jeff next door. Don't worry about him. What? Jarrett? J double F J A double R E double T. Oh, he always sneaks around the pod, didn't he? J E S U S. The guy who stabbed John Cena, remember? Fucking hell. So, yeah. So, we took a bit of a break because I got COVID. Um,. I'm also moving house next week, so we're probably going to have to take a bit of a break then as well. <laughs> uh, so, hello, podcast listeners. We care about you, we promise. It's just it's been, it's been a weird few weeks. This is going to be an interesting another few weeks, but we'll try and do some pods here and there. But more importantly, congratulations on finally moving house. It's only been a year and a mm. half. Yeah, 17 fucking months. <laughs> Do I need to break that down for people, or is that not interesting, do you think? I mean, I think genuinely people who listen to this podcast will probably be of the, of the variety of people who are either on the property ladder and considering moving, or genuinely <laughs> can't get on the property ladder because people are too busy having fucking birthday parties and not realising they're at a birthday party. What sort yeah, of yeah. shit shenanigans could you go... Oh, I wasn't aware this was a party. <laughs> All these people standing with hats on. Just, just 30 of my closest friends and family. It's a work meeting. <laughs> we just had cheese and wine. Just, we're in the garden. We weren't in the house. Don't worry about it. I just thought there were 30 dunce hats on because they're all fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> How is he still our prime minister? Seriously. It's, it's very interesting. Like, here's, here's a weird thing, right? When this story broke of like Boris having all these parties in lockdowns and all that sort of shit, my instant reaction was, oh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I just really didn't care at all. I was like, it's a fucking party. Yes, you probably shouldn't have done it. You definitely shouldn't have done it. The more and more has come out about it. It's like you see the press conference of him standing a thing going, oh, as a nation, we should be stubborn and we should not break the rules as tempting as that is. And the same fucking night, he was having 30 people in his house for a wine and cheese pie. Work like, event. Oh, what a twat. <laughs> like it's, I'm more offended by the fact that he's just a bit of a cunt than he had a party when he shouldn't have, you know? I'm just happy because technically I've now expensed 73 cheese boards since Christmas because if it's a work event, I'm having fucking <laughs> cheese. And I have like 12 <laughs> meetings a day and I have to make sure I have cheese with each of them to do the same recurring joke. Fucking A, I love it. Really expensive. <laughs> you have a bit of cheese. But anyway, go, go, let's break down your 17 months of hell. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be lots of tangents here, by the way. So uh, just to clarify, I had a nap before this podcast, so I'm very tired. I've got an energy drink to... Wait a minute, you had a nap up. so you're tired? Yeah. 
We're recording at 8 p.m. <laughs> We're recording at 8 p.m. Why did you need a nap? Oh, in fairness to you, actually, I, I was going to message you this morning. You texted me <clears> back <throat> at 8 a.m. and I thought you didn't know what that hour was mm. in the day. Indeed. Based on so, your working practices, because you're normally like up till 4 a.m. working. Yes, that is true. Uh, my kid's birthday today. Yay! Happy birthday, <laughs> fanboy Rich Jr. Thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, she will greatly appreciate that, even though she's asleep now. Um, but yeah, so we were up early doing presents and walking her to nursery and all that sort of stuff. And then we came back. And then I had my uh, one-to-one with Ollie, which I'll talk about later. <laughs> it's really, really fun. It's a really good insight into how amazing Ollie is as a boss, which I really want to talk about on the pod. But quickly, just to break down, 17 months of the house buying process was... We listed our house the week before the September lockdown 2020. So if you remember, there was like March, April time through to kind of like the beginning of summer, which was like, you know, two, three months lockdown. And then we had the summer, which was quite nice and open. And when I moved house as well, summer of 2020. Help out to eat out tax. Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Speak to the host of Wrestling Legends, Legends House, and we'll talk about eat out to help out. Fucking A. And so then around September, you know, there was a giant spike in COVID cases. So we went to like the the epic lockdown. We literally listed our house for sale the week before that lockdown. (laughs) So it was like, oh, shit. And so we went through, uh, what, six, seven months, something like that, of practically, you know, the occasional person coming to see the house. We had to clear out and bleach everything and blah, 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 blah. Uh, And so, and then we finally got a buyer. We then managed to find a house that we wanted to buy, and uh, that house ended up being what's called a probate house. Now, I know that you know what a probate house is because we've discussed it between ourselves, but for those that don't know, it's basically where the person initially accepted our offer, then they went and selfishly died. Careless. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely fucking careless. And then we're sitting trying to get the uh, kids permission to sell the house, which is called probate. And what's happened is that I finally discovered this week is that um, it was the person that owned the house, step, so their husband, their second husband, so the stepkids, are the ones that were contesting the will. Ah, oh, so that was, was that was the um, that was the weight on it. That was the um, <clears throat> yeah, um, the thing holding up the will, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But oh, it man. took them like six months to even tell us there was a probate issue. <laughs> so there's another half a year on top of that and so eventually we decided like fuck this we lost our buyers in our house and has to go find another set of buyers in our house which is massive pain in the ass but we got five grand extra which was nice and now we found another house to buy which is much closer to like the kids school and is lovely but it's a giant project so i'm going to be renovating and essentially building a house over the next kind of like three to six months so hence why Pods might be a little bit sparse, but and I'm also helpful now. in these things, so I'm more than happy to come and be your labourer. Oh, that's very nice of you offer, man. But you know, with your state of your back after pro wrestling and crippling yourself for years, I'd be worried that like you'd get bent in half somehow. I wouldn't sue you. It's fine. I'll sign a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> Let me work. If that's what Let you're worried work. about. <laughs> uh fucking hell. Uh, so yes, there we go. Do you want to hear about my one to one? Oh, always. But very quickly, just for anyone who works for them, who's listening or considering going with them, fuck Purple Bricks. 
Fuck purple oh, bricks. Yeah. Oh my god, purple bricks are the worst. I don't know how they're illegally allowed to trade in the UK. I think you, how you accidentally said it there, where you said, "I don't know how they're illegally allowed to trade." Did I <laughs> <laughs> Subconscious by this point, they're servicing their they're they're the lawyers. Oh my god, dude. So like our, our solicitors, right? We'll send them an email or give them a phone call, and within twenty four hours, that thing's happening. Okay, whatever it is we've talked about. Uh, our contracts, the initial contracts, the searches, not even like the proper housing contracts, got sent to Purple Bricks, and it was seven weeks before we realised that they hadn't even given them to the to the sellers. That's because Purple Bricks lawyers are actually cats, and they yeah. sit there and they go, "I is lawyer, <laughs> <you> genuinely, <laughs> I lawyer, meow, super kick meow." <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a deep reference <laughs> i think maybe like 10 percent of people listening are actually gonna get whatever it doesn't matter um so yeah so yeah they're absolute disasters we ended up calling our sellers which is not something you really do and having a phone conversation where he effing blinded about how bad the solicitors were and he ended up swapping to use the same solicitors that we were using to make it fast. It's amazing how <laughs> quickly was... things work when you get away from Purple Bricks' hybrid uh, cat meow solicitors. Yeah, we had everything done. The Literally, the house bought, contract signed, searches done in two weeks. I know this is going to sound silly and outside of the time of the searches, but the same person was probably working on the same file. I was like, I need to do this sale. I need to do this purchase. Ooh. <laughs> Got these two files on my desk. How am I gonna? <laughs> All right, Dave. Could you sign this for me, Dave? Yes, Dave. Of course I can, Dave. Oh, wait, Dave. <laughs> I've got to take this call. I'll do this later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna invoice you for this time, Dave. Oh, that's fine, Dave. Don't worry about it. Thank you. Who's paying for this? The buyers. Ah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny Good that shit. we're doing Legends House and we're talking about housing, so it's all technically linked. But tell me about your one-to-one. No one cares about wrestling anymore. Don't worry about it. You mean, you mean premium live events and sports, atten- uh, sports entertainment? <laughs> or, so, or as I would say on a WrestleTalk video or a, a Parts of Unknown video, premium live event! Premium live event! Yeah, I love that that's become a thing that we mock every time someone says pay-per-view. It's like, oh, sorry, premium live event. It's good shit. Um, yeah, so my boss is the greatest boss in existence, Tax Williams. He's fired you, hasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> Being sarcastic. It's okay, I'll never listen to this. We can joke about this, it's fine. Um, so so my one-to-one with Dolly today is like we have yearly appraisals like you would with most jobs. And I think most people at the company have every three to six months or so, they have some sort of conversation with Dolly. But Ollie's ones with me have become very sparse because usually it's like, how's it going? Yep, it's going well, doing editing. That's lovely. <laughs> I'll see you next week. You know, that's that's usually our conversations, pretty much, in terms of business. Like we get on with we're good friends and stuff now as well. Everyone loves but, a Dragon Sleeper T-shirt. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's uh, how can I put this? Um, it's so fun and casual, just chatting to like you know my boss. He's a lovely, lovely man, but. <laughs> It's phrases like, we're going to do all we can to make sure you're paid more. <laughs> phrases like that. You're like, oh, that's really nice. That's really lovely to hear. <laughs> but also, business spiel. Let me turn it the other way. Yeah. We're going to do all we can to pay you more. Similar to Dave the solicitor. 
Ollie, aren't you in charge of the payroll? We're going to do all we can to make sure we pay you more. Don't you just change the figure on the payroll run yeah. and pay you I- I'm more. trying to think exactly how he phrased it. It was nicer than that, actually. <laughs> it was because that sounds like pretentious, like he's not going to pay me more when he's writing down big numbers in front of me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I did not expect this. Like, this wasn't even my pay review, which is the bit that really shocked me. It was like, yeah, we're going to start paying you more. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. That's very kind of you. He's listened um, to the pod. <laughs> he realizes your value <laughs> and he's mistaken you for someone else. There was this great bit where he said, um, we're not going to make you do more work, but we're going to give you more power. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a disaster for you. <laughs> But like Ollie's amazing and that he loves kind of like motivational and like efficiency books and that kind of talk as well. And you know me, my good friends and lovely listeners of the podcast. I'm a rather um, practical person. I like to get to the point of the matter sometimes. And so it's very interesting listening to us. I think if someone could get an insight into like two different ways of looking at business and such, you know. Mine's like, so what do you want me to do? And he's like, well, we don't want you to do anything. We want you to, you know, we want you, we want you to be you, you, mm. you be the best version of you. <laughs> it's it's so much fun, and like you come out of it going, okay, I think I know what you want me to do. And then like, so the way this company's kind of structured is that Laurie is very responsible for all the post production stuff, and I'm like kind of like senior editor type position. Okay. And so I essentially report to Laurie, who then reports to Ollie, is the simplest way to think about it. And so <laughs> me and Laurie are like, so do you want to do this? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> That's like it. You know, it's it's really efficient. And like we get each other. And Ollie is very much like, oh, you could create this power and you can be responsible for brands. And I'm like, how exactly? <laughs> I don't quite understand how I would be responsible for brands. And then I now have to have a conversation with Laurie and convey the things Ollie has said to me. And I'm thinking about how I'm going to go about that. How how do you think the best way to approach this? Well, if it's still digital meeting, record meeting, send email to send recorded to Laurie. Laurie, watch this. (laughs) Maybe I could ask Ollie for like a catch up before I go to talk to Laurie and just say, you know, could you just just round up what you were trying to say to me in those two, three hours. Although, is this, is this actually a rib? Because as a man who doesn't especially <laughs> like like corporate corporate viewpoints and corporate things, to put you in charge hmm. of corporate branding <laughs> to then ask you to essentially yeah. go, what we want to do is we want to basically make sure in this company, the littlest people earn the littlest money, the big boys make <laughs> the big money, and WrestleTalk makes some money from the big boys as well. And now you're in charge yeah. of everything you sort of hate. Yeah, so all those editors that kind of come to you for like little bits of tech advice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ollie, yeah. Can you make sure they earn less money? <laughs> Can you imagine? Welcome to the, the machine, my friend. Welcome to the machine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what a beautiful place to be in. I, I don't know how to handle that conversation. That's not the conversation that happened, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. If any, if any of your, like, your editor <laughs> team are listening to you going, Rich is our boss now, and he dictates our pay. Oh, fuck that. I'm no one's <laughs> boss. <laughs> this is something they're trying to do at work. They're like, so we need you... Because it's very busy and you're working a lot of hours. I was like, I am working a lot of hours. And we really need to start, we're going to branch out. We've got so much work. We need to get teams. So sort of 
my Canadian colleague Warren, who listens to the pod, and I think he's in the same position as well. We're, they were like, we're going to need to get you team. You need to get people for, to work for you. And that's the thing I hate. The thing I love about my job the most is that it's a case of what do I need to do for the global team? Really? Okay, cool. And I'm off. I do it. I do it well. I upset HMRC as best I can, um, <laughs> which is my job to guide it in the right direction oh, of the tax. I've got player. an HMRC story to tell you after this. You're going to love it. Oh, Please amazing. carry on. Um, and then like, yeah, we so we we want to sort of increase headcount in the UK, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to talk to people or look Not after British people. people. <laughs> <laughs> where's my where's my Canadian friends? Where's my friends yeah, from Arizona? Where's everyone from around the world but not this country? Um, I don't want grizzled, ugly Brits. <laughs> but, but, but on the subject of HMRC, um, under my shoot, my shoot name, not the Tex Williams name, under my shoot name... Wait, what? I was... <laughs> Sorry. I, <laughs> wait, what? You're not Tex Williams? On Monday... Known you for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> on Monday... I was in the Financial Times, and not for no tax way. fraud. Hey, escape that one at least. I was uh, <laughs> identifying after I had made accidentally. You know, I told you a while ago that I'd inadvertently, deliberately, uh, caused a delay to the change in the UK tax system from twenty from twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four. So I got basically like a year delay because I made a. Free- I hear these claims, and I assume you're bullshitting, but <laughs> it's I made interesting a- to know this has happened. I made a freedom of information request um, to the government, <laughs> sure. and I basically said their rule of this new tax thing is they they need to run a pilot for a twelve full twelve months to make sure all their systems are prepared and ready for it. And no one would tell me any a number of how many people are in there. I had a director from HMRC turn around and go, I've got a couple of hundred people in there. And I thought, out of a potential sample group of 4.3 million, a couple of hundred isn't ideal, but I can see where you're doing it. Maybe one of each type, just to make sure the systems work and you'll build it out in the real pilot. Great, no problem. I made a freedom of information request to HMRC in the summer last year, and they came back and told me two people were in this pilot. (laughs) Jesus. So straight away I was like, hello, I know you've only got two people in the pilot. Hey, Chartered Institute of Taxation, do you know there's only two people in this pilot? So that got it delayed. There are now nine people in the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Boris Johnson, Richard Branson. (laughs) Well, no, this is only for the small taxpayers, Rich. You know, this is like accidental Exactly, Boris Johnson. (laughs) Google. But, but um then yeah, so they wanted to talk Jeff to Bezos. Me I paid five pounds last year, you <laughs> bastards. That's loads. But they wanted to see if um I'd like to comment on the robustness of HMRC system, and I just happened to say that it's going to be impossible to tell and we get significant numbers in the system. This leads beautifully into my story, but if you've got more to say, please No, do. this was the beautiful transition you wanted. I've set it up, Mate. knock it out the park. Talk about HMR AC system. So um, that's this is our tax dickheads for our Americans and people that are listening that aren't Brits. The IRS, <laughs> mm, indeed, yeah, IRS. Owen R. Scheister. Everyone's got a price. Uh, so uh, I have some back taxes. Is what it boils down to. Yes, that. you do. <laughs> I got a message. <laughs> from a debt collection agency going you owe us money and i'm like who the fuck are you they're like we work for a half of hmrc bloody bloody blah so basically oh, you've received I my a email bunch <laughs> 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 a bunch of tax i didn't realize i owed 
uh because like hmrc just didn't send me letters at all like didn't let me know like yes it's my responsibility to pay it in the first place but you know you would have thought a little reminder might have been helpful so i messaged hmrc and went oh i don't really want to pay these cunts <laughs> can i pay you instead and hmrc went yeah no worries and we set up a direct debit and the payment and everything they took a big chunk of cash off me and we're like, yep, yeah, no worries, awesome. And then over the next three months, no money leaves my account. The HMRC direct debit is set up. It's sitting there. It's ready to go. No money leaves the account. And what this boils down to is that after about... So every time you contact them, it's three months before they get back to you. So this has been going on and on and on and on for such a long time now uh, where I've been trying to pay them. And they're basically like, nah, it's all right. Just, just we're not going to take the money. It's really weird. To the point of the last email I got from HMRC when, we're sorry, here's 150 quid. <laughs> so they're paying me. What's going on? I'm, I'm more concerned they're sending you correspondence by email. They're, they're fucking dum-dums, dude. Like, so they I had one of them. be communicating with you by email. Is that a real thing? A lot of it, they won't... Un- <laughs> They tend to not send email because it's not overly secure. <laughs> They're emailing me, that's for sure. Do you want me to read you some of it? Do you want me to read you the oxymorons in the email? I mean, it sounds like that. I'll tell you what. I've got an idea. I'm going to read you my response to their email because <laughs> it's pretty funny. I got to the point where I was so angry with this whole process. So I, I'll give you some context. I received a phone call from someone claiming to be from HMRC. He basically spent the first couple of minutes on the phone going, oh, our system's a bit dodgy. Uh, working from home, eh? Isn't that funny? And I was just like, uh-huh. You phoned me. <laughs> What's going on? And um, one of the things that really threw me about this was they went, how can I prove that I'm, I'm from HMRC to you? And I went, isn't that kind of your job to prove that to me? How, why are you asking me how to do that? And they went, oh, so you contacted us uh, on the whatever of October via phone. I was like, right. And then they went, and that's the last bit of contact you've had from us. And I was like, well, no. <laughs> I've had literally an email yesterday. That's why I'm calling. That's why I'm trying to talk to you. They called me, by the way. And then it was basically this whole long process whereby they had no idea of a whole bunch of communication. They'd made me very unsure that they were actually from HMRC because of the way the beginning of the conversation went. So they went, oh, shit, that means we've reached an impasse if you're not sure about going through security. And I was like, so that's it, is it? And they went, so what's your personal information? <laughs> I went, fuck you, I'm not giving you that. <laughs> it was unbelievable, dude. All right, let me see if I can find this response. This sounds like the sort of thing where you're going to soon say, I work for HMRC. I'm a rich Nigerian prince. Please send me your national insurance number and details of essentially ripping off phone jacker. Okay, and where yeah. do you want me to PayPal the mine to? www.itv.com forward slash Bank of Uganda. <laughs> it seriously got to that point where I just like, couldn't believe what the fuck they were going on about. So um, I'll just, just start the email just to get to the oxymoron bit because I think it's really funny. Uh, so today I received a phone call from blah, 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 claiming to be from HMRC. As expected from your rather confusing email below that states, the agency will write to you and you should pay them directly. We have asked this company to stop contacting you. <laughs> Literally oxymorons of each other. 
They then went on to say, we will not refuse any payments made directly to us. Your direct debit has not been set up correctly, and this will explain why we have not collected payment from you. Like, so you didn't set up the direct debit, but you won't refuse payments. But you've told the company, collection company, to stop contacting me, but they're going to contact me to tell me how to pay it. You're like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck is this company? What are you dealing with? It's almost like HMRC have a precedent for this. And my before we go into the final Legends House, I'm sure people are really excited to hear about this HMRC podcast we're doing. Sure. To me, I'm having a lovely time. But um, this is this just sums up HMRC no one cares about wrestling. to a um, <laughs> sports entertainment and premium live events. Um, mm. HMRC are very... F- a big fan of digital payment. If you've got a limited company on their website, and I'm pretty sure it still says it to this day, it says, we will not accept any other payment other than electronic bank transfer underneath it. To pay us by check, please. <laughs> <laughs> fucking morons. Oh, dear. But you know what was full of morons? Mm. A house in the middle of the US of A based in the beautiful, beautiful Palm Springs in California. Rich, what are we covering today? Do you want to talk about your swimming lessons instead? No, I don't fucking want to talk about my swimming lessons. Waste of fucking time. Not a fish. Shouldn't swim. Just a fucking hairy walrus. So today, oh, there's loads of new Warhammer out. We could just talk about that for ages. Well, I'm, I'm out b- for gene stealers. <laughs> <laughs> entered a blood i've entered my first blood bowl tournament on the 18th of june <laughs> oh excellent how was the uh pre-tournament sort of thing well i, I i'm officially <laughs> still easy, easily distracted from legends house um the the blood bowl league officially do you think we could do the February. whole podcast without actually talking about legends house <laughs> well, just put it on and see what happens oh yeah and then uh cakes happened yeah <laughs> and actually from the pussycat dolls was there um, oh, okay. Now you piqued my interest. I didn't know she was from that that group. I'm not going to say band. They don't play instruments. They're not a band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I've entered a Blood Bowl League. I played my first preseason friendly last Monday. I'm playing my next one on Monday. I'm playing Ogres, which are a tier three team, meaning they're fucking hard to win with. Um, and I lost my first the puns, game. The puns. Oh, the puns are so good. Lost my first game 2 0. Oh. But in, in fairness, the highlight of the game was. Oh, look, there's a ball carrier from this Chaos team. He's going to score a touchdown. So I picked up a Noblar and threw it at the ball carrier and knocked him over. <laughs> My goblin hey. died. My goblin died, but he didn't get a touchdown until the next turn. <laughs> That's fine. Moral victory. It's, it's, it's about having fun, not about winning. Exactly, especially when you're playing Ogres. But I think for the Blood Bowl 7s tournament I've entered in June, I'm going to run. Well, I was going to do Dwarves, but they're quite slow. So we'll see. Mm. We'll see. I might go uh, Elven Union. Because <clears throat> that reminds suggest elves would be better at sport than dwarves, to be totally honest. Oh, well, dwarves are slow, and you've got a big, you've got a shorter pitch, so they can only move four squares, whereas the elves can move seven. So if you get a ball, quite quick to get a touchdown. Also, yeah, exactly. as a quick highlight to everyone who's going, huh, listen to this nerd, whatever, mate, I've got a hot wife and I've had sex because I've got a kid. Ha! In your face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you turn up to this and be like, ha, I've got a kid. I've definitely had sex. Fuck you, nerd. Yeah, and, and I know it's mine because unfortunately for my child it looks a little bit like me ah. <laughs> <laughs> although in fairness so I genuinely I gen- <laughs> before we go to Legends House look we've almost got half an hour not talking about wrestling we can do an hour come on let's keep going <laughs> um, but I am um, 
I remember when my daughter was This born. is called filling. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... This was a great idea to cover this episode of Legends House. We haven't even minutes. got to the first spot. It, the bell was like half an hour ago. We're still chatting to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> but when my daughter was born, I looked down as before they like cleaned her up and everything. And I was like, I've got an out. She looks so Korean. And I realised... <laughs> Uh, and I realised, oh no, no. <laughs> and as 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 I cleaned her off, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, <what laughs> genuinely, like she was such a fat, chubby baby, like ten, t- a ten pounds eleven ounces. Oh, okay, she cool. she was a a hulking child covered in cu- fat rolls, and I thought. That looks like Kim Young Un. It's, it's, it's a little <laughs> Korean dictator who's already shat all over the bed. Oh man! But you know, <sighs> you're doing WWE Legends House. Yeah, <laughs> everyone loves reality TV, and because obviously we couldn't do Total Bellas or Total Divas, because you know that was too much like real life drama. But yeah, mm. Legends House. This was the first ever program. WWE filmed specifically for the WWE Network. But this goes to show how many delays there were with the network. So we covered in our um, Daniel Bryan Triple X enter, Bree enters the dragon. Um, the, the, the network started <laughs> in 2014. Legends House began filming in January 2012. Now, they did a 10-episode run. Episode 10 was actually like where they all got back together in a studio and chatted about things. But this whole series took 21 weeks to film. Damn. And you'd never tell they filmed it for 21 weeks based on the content of episode one. (laughs) Now, before we get into the cast, mm, before we get into the cast, there were a number of legends who had already signed up for this or were rumoured to sign up, but once they got closer to filming date, they pulled out. Do you know who some of these legends were who then pulled out? In um... so, th- And this is, the, this is a crazy thing, right? So Considering they start- your last comment before we started the show, you probably should have pulled out as well, mate. <laughs> nope, because I need to prove to the nerds that I'm their king. I'm, I'm an aspirational <laughs> I nerd. I only said that because of what you and the timing. <laughs> I love your kid. She's awesome. I'm an aspiration. I, I'm, I'm every nerd's aspiration. I don't live in my mum's basement or attic. I've had sex with a girl. <laughs> and I know that my junk works because it oh, made wait, a Aren't nerds like cool now? We're talking about like, our generation where like jocks and stuff were cool. I think it's the other way around nowadays, man. I think nerds are like, you know, getting it. So, no? so so hang on now now I'm like working out and getting buff. Are you telling me that I'm like the Channing Tatum character out of like Jump Street? <laughs> no, it's like pretty much, man. He's so buff and now he's a nerd. Pretty much, dude. Ah, Seems I'll take to be it. the case. Mm. But here are the legends who were supposed to be on there and didn't for any reason. And I think the show would have been so much better had they had these guys in it. Dusty Rhodes. The mm. Iron Sheik. Oh, shame he wasn't there. Honestly, officer, it was like that when I got there, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> what hotel room? <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. That's why I couldn't share a room with anyone. Sergeant Slaughter and, uh, and the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, God. Imagine, like, you know, Sheiky and Honky around these people. <laughs> oh, that might have been 
brilliant. Oh, it's a shame they whisked out and got didn't have those people on the show because that would have made it much more interesting. That's the kind of show I was expecting. Like you know, uh, that that semi worked. Let's have people shoot and like bring up old rivalries and stuff. And what we ended up getting here was quite cozy, lovable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know quite how to put it. And it's it's get- quite a comfortable place to be watching it, you know? Yeah, until it got to the end, which we'll get to, it was all very nice. It was basically a group of old mates getting together in a beautiful mansion in Palm Springs hmm. to have a lovely time. And yeah, it was, I- I'm sure that, <laughs> who doesn't love a beauty on your TV show as well? Hmm. So, season one, episode one of WWE, WWE, I can say that, WWE Legends House. Because <laughs> well, they're legends, legends and it belongs to their, yeah. <laughs> it's their house, so it's, it's quite a... So, the network description says, eight WWE Legends reunite and get acquainted with their new neighbours. Back at the Legends house, tempers flare between Tony Atlas and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So, uh, ring the bell. Good night, everyone. <laughs> That's the show. <laughs> So, Mean Gene welcomes us to the show this season on Legends House. Can you do a Mean Gene? No. <laughs> yeah, me neither. All I can so, do is a Howard Finkel. That's so we can all do a Howard Finkel. <laughs> like, can't do a Mean Gene. Uh, now is the time, and now is the time. He just sounds very proper, but not British. So it's very hard for me to get out of proper Britishness, you know? Yeah, it's no, no Lord Alfred Hayes proper Britishness. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so cue the opening montage of the, the basically it implies they're going to have some sort of golf croquet, uh, stripping. I mean, the legends are going to be stripping a battle. I'm like cosplay battle. Here we go. There's apparently going to be a male and a female host. They show those two uh, half naked girls. Hooray! Fancy dress. Roddy mm. Piper painting his face like Braveheart. Not like Bad News, Bad News Barrett this time. Bad News Brown. God damn it. I said the wrong one. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. That's not the right racist joke. <laughs> <sighs> Do you know how many times I wrote down the name Bad News Brown, making sure I didn't say Barrett? <laughs> not enough, clearly. <laughs> spot blown uh this time <laughs> at least also tony atlas and hacksaw make mean gene cry it's what they imply in this opening video montage bastards mm, it's not what happens to lying pricks uh roddy piper finishes the opening video package by saying eight guys one cup <laughs> <laughs> which is a sequel to two girls and one cup so they've extended it to eight he finishes the video package by saying eight guys one house who knows what's gonna happen legends never die they just get better well hang on a minute let me count in here (laughs) yeah isn't that quite the statement all considered you know legends never die when 50 percent of the cast are sadly no longer with us so this is very much one of those reality TV shows where they're, they're definitely being fed stuff to say that that line from Piper is 100% fed. No way would a Piper say that on his own accord, I don't think. Um, and it's very manipulative editing and such, you know. So how much of it they actually said or came out with all the the order of events probably isn't quite how it's portrayed on this show. Um, shock and horror. I know this is probably news to you as a True Bellas fan or whatever it's bloody called. How dare you? 
I understand wholeheartedly why this took 21 weeks to film. Because <laughs> Howard Finkel couldn't get his line right. Yeah, or sure. hit a tennis ball. But there's obviously a lot of improv. There's lots of just off the cuff. I would say Hacksaw and Piper are a massive highlight throughout this show. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the main stars. And, and I think as well... So uh, let's go through the cast as well, okay. who's actually in this. So we've got... That was just the opening, here's what's on this season sort of thing, right? But now we get introduced to the cast. We've got Roddy Piper. Yay! Can we get a booer yay? Yeah, I was about to say. Yay, <laughs> Roddy <obviously>. Piper. <laughs> Tony Atlas. Indifferent. <laughs> There's a, feet, a foot comment here, but okay. Uh, mean Gene Oakland. Yay! Pat Patterson. Yay! Hillbilly Jim. Even better. He hasn't Big aged Big pop for Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> he yeah, looks today. exactly the same. Exactly Don't go messing with the country bar. Country bar. Country, country bar, bar. Country bar. Howard Finkel. Legendary. He's a legit legend. He's allowed in. Hmm. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! Train. USA. USA. The original and Royal Rumble winner, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And racist Boo! Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why does Jimmy Hart have to be here and spoil everything? Uh, because Dusty Rhodes, The Iron Sheik, yeah. What Hotel Room, Honky Tonk and Slaughter all pulled out and they're like, who will come here for cab fare? <laughs> I know that we have a kind of a vendetta against racist Jimmy Hart because he's a racist piece of shit. And, you know, the association with Hulk Hogan doesn't hurt things. But honestly, every time he <laughs> comes on screen, things. he kind of... He... <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt things for the on-running joke. Sure. <laughs> Every time Jimmy Hart comes on screen, I'm like, ah, oh, I ruined that scene. <laughs> Every single time. You know, he wrote all the music in WCW, so he's a legend. Yeah, because the music in 95, 96, WCW was so amazing, wasn't it? Well, when you can play the chord progression of Teen Spirit backwards to get DDP's entrance. <laughs> he's got that red rider blue running through his face, man, casting, <laughs> do, 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 do. Go back and listen oh, to our NWA the, run. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's not just the same song repeated with slightly different lyrics, I promise. And they are joined, Mr. Tax Williams, by Ashley. In a very... the fuck that is. Ashley Roberts <laughs> off of the Pussycat Dolls. About to say, who, who is Ashley Roberts? You sound like you've done some research. Who is Ashley lady. Roberts? I mean, needed to do research. I need to do research. She's been... In, that was a euphemism. She's been in Be okay. Cool. She's been in Make It Happen in movie films. She's been in several reality TV shows, such as I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. She's been on Dancing on Ice. She's been a contestant on The Jump. She was a contestant and Strictly Come Dancing Series 16 in the UK. She's been on Celebrity Gogglebox. This, even this year, Rich, in another reality TV show called Dance Monsters, she is a presenter of it. Now, let me tell you something about Ashley Roberts off of the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> Is that her name now? Ashley Roberts out of the pussy, off of the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. I am okay. deemed to her genres of R&B, pop, and electropop. <laughs> mm, Ashley Roberts of the Pussycat Dolls. I had, as soon as they introduced Ashley, 
You could tell this is actually off of the Pussycat Dolls. You could tell this is in the era where WWE don't treat women with an ounce of respect because you've got Mm. comments of like Gene Oaken going, well, I'm happy now there's a beautiful woman in the house. (laughs) Ashley Roberts (laughs) arrives in this skin tight red dress with a cake when she's she's introduced to the cameras and the the guests and she's basically going to be their boss <laughs> for the next 21 weeks yeah um what are the quotes i wrote a couple down so i mean piper can't take the shit eating grin off his face he's like oh hello <laughs> it's fucking great uh mean gene calls her eye candy <laughs> ashley tells the boys that they have to go deliver cake to the neighbors which we'll get to in a second and jimmy hart calls ashley a bleach bond bimbo <laughs> and you're like what a delightful human being jimmy hart seems to be oh. fucking cunt <laughs> immediately just with like the sexism what a piece of shit the, and this this i think like set the tone and also an insight into the undertaker's wwe locker room where, oh, men, where, yeah. where men were men. <laughs> right wing shirts, injuries, death, you know, bit of coke, bit of eye candy. Yeah, exactly. Fucking hell. So, um, did you notice when they were introducing all the guys and their little vignette bits they did um, that Tony Atlas is wearing a Triple H shirt? Oh, yeah. What a suck up. What a little bitch. Everyone <laughs> 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 wearing a Triple H shirt going to this. Oh God! I mean, it, it was probably a case of like, uh, Tony, you can't wear that T-shirt here. What? <laughs> Great laugh, though. Genuinely, like Tony Atlas's laugh is the sort of thing that you know. There's always going to be one person in your friendship group who's got a knobhead laugh, like a Jimmy Carr sort of laugh, and that is Tony Atlas. I mean, as a man who wheezes as a laugh. <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm I'm down for a good laugh. I like some of my favorite podcasts have people that have weird laughs in them. And they also constantly say stuff like, Oh god, I'm so embarrassed with my laugh or I can't listen to the podcast because my laugh, whatever. And I'm just like I like I like it when people uh uh lose their inhibitions and just kind of let themselves laugh. So I try not to like restrict myself too much, even though I'm very aware that some of these podcasts are just me wheezing my way through it. <laughs> you know? No, it's good. It's um, a sign that people are having fun and having a good time. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I try not to be too conscious of it because, you know, doing audio podcasts, you become conscious of almost every other word you say and not repeating yourselves. Or, for example, I say, you know what I mean? Quite a lot. And I try not to. <laughs> you Big know Frank I mean? Bruno, Fran. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, Dre, but like, you know, whatever. Um, okay, here's a question. So, Tony Atlas's laugh. Is it a work? It was certainly a work when he was back on the Abraham Washington show when he was back on WWE TV around this time when Legends House was released. Because you'll notice that in WWE TV on their like B shows, on their like the superstars on the main events, whatever they had, that's when some of these guys would miraculously rock up when they're trying to promote stuff on the network, especially when they first announced Legends House in 2012, some of these guys appeared. But I think a work for the cameras, I think in legit real life, his, his laugh would be naturally like that. But there were times in this episode where it almost like the most hilarious thing happened and Tony Atlas couldn't control himself. Again, the reason why this took 21 weeks to film. Sure. Because there's moments where he kind of giggles and then he goes, like after laughing. I started to think like, well, these are 
smarmy old school wrestlers, old carnies. You know, they know that they have to stand out. They have to be seen. And we're talking about it. It works. So I don't know whether it is legit or not. But yeah, it's certainly a something someone could steal, I think. You know, as a heel character, you give yourself a ridiculously stupid laugh. It gives someone to talk about, at least. It's quite a smart idea, really, if it is a work. Out of all these legends, hmm. who's the biggest name? And I think we will know the answer straight away, but who's the biggest name to well, you? Well, it's very obvious that the, the top of the card here is Roddy Piper. Agreed. Um, To me, like me now, Piper, definitely. Headline WrestleMania 1, legendary worker. Also had a hell of a career kind of outside of WWE as well in terms of like TV shows and films and stuff. I'm a big fan of a lot of that. In terms of like kid me, um, probably Hacksaw. I think so. I, they're, they're like, that would be main and co-main event, followed very, very closely behind by Gene Oakland. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Gene Oakland was there, but like, you know, he's an announcer as a kid. I wouldn't give a shit, you know. It's nice to hear a good voice, et cetera, et cetera, because someone's doing an impersonation of or whatever, uh, like a Howard Finkel, you know. But um, oh, speaking of things people can steal, all right, tough guy. <laughs> yes. Such a good line. Why does no one steal that? I bet they're going to give it to like Bobby Lashley as ex-military when he turns face. <laughs> Yeah, what? you can imagine Bobby actually coming All right, out and being Brock, like, tough guy. All right, tough guy, what you gonna do? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Such a good line. You can't take what you're gonna do. I'm pretty sure that's copyright. Good <laughs> but th- And that's the thing. So obviously Piper, Oakland, hmm. Duggan, and The Fink were all there. Jimmy Hart was a manager, but obviously when I was younger, I wasn't overly concerned with manager because he was just there with his megaphone. So And you knew you were going to get rinse, repeat. Tony Atlas was before my time. From a wrestling fan standpoint, I know he came back later on in like the um, the 2010s to have a manager and a, like an on-screen role. And Hillbilly Jim, again, I remember him from Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon, and I remember him managing um, the Godwins. And then Pat yeah, Patterson Godwins again. Godwins would be my introduction to him, I think. And Pat Patterson, my introduction to him before I became uh, interested in the business and the behind the scenes etc i just knew him as one of uh, the stooges with um briscoe with gerald briscoe absolutely yeah great characters really really fun to watch as kid yeah and i think that's the thing with pat Patton. i think of all the people on this list as you said duggan piper oakland because he's great and mm-hmm. hillbilly jim just comes across in the first like 15 minutes of this night He's just a nice guy. He's happy to be outside. It's like a dog with a window down. Happy, tongue <laughs> out, having a lovely time. Yeah, like some of them seem well-adjusted human beings and have their shit together. And some of them <laughs> certainly do not. And it is quite nice seeing their kind of like real wacky personalities coming out. Like Hacksaw's a riot. Hillbilly Jim, <clears throat> excuse me. Hillbilly Jim seems like the most normal of the bunch, I would say, apart from probably the announcers. But he seems so grounded and down to earth and just really content to be there and be a part of this crew. And there's some of the introductions where they bring the guys into the house one at a time with their little chauffeured limos and such. They're, they're real quite, they're quite touching. I thought they would be building heat and trying to create tension and really give us like a scripted kind of show. But it's not at all. It's them going, oh, I miss these guys. Like, I never really got to hang out with them. It's so lovely to see them. And it's like... The Hillbilly's gym line is 
I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And you're like, oh, <laughs> don't make me cry. <laughs> We've even got started. You could tell this was on for a uh, a friendly episode when the biggest feud in it was Piper versus the Blender. Yeah, <laughs> which is a good match we're going to get to later. Um, so the basic we're going to we get to probably... later is the main fucking event. <laughs> and Duncan's ribbon of it. To... Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, we should probably get to. Uh, they're in. They're in a big house, luxury house in Palm Springs. Some of them are kind of like sharing bedrooms and such, but it's basically just eight guys living in a house doing some stupid shit with this Ashley from the Pussycat Dolls as the host sort of thing. Um, is there any other bits in this intro you want to go over? Because, I mean... No, I, th- I, I, still, I think it set the scene nicely. They're not building any old rivalries. The only thing they alluded to, similar to what you said they alluded to in like the uh, network description of it, was like Duggan saying, oh, you know, we, uh, me and Tony Atlas might clash. Why might you clash? Not going to tell what? you. <laughs> we're competitive that's the way they phrase it in these introduction bits but you wouldn't tell um, as you said when they have the intro when they come into the house like oh i haven't seen you in ages yeah are you even still working piper in the indies <laughs> yeah <laughs> even piper who's fully working when he kind of gets out of his limo he starts talking about you know uh what was it i used to i'm used to eighty thousand people trying to stab me you know, and he's very much dressed up like an extra from a kind of a street gang, like Boston movie type thing with the flat cap and the chain and the shell suit. It's uh, he's come for his West Side Story audition. <laughs> it really is. Whenever even he gets in the house, he sees Hacksaw, and you can like see these guys almost crying just because they're so happy to see each other. And Hacksaw tells Piper they're sharing a room, and then goes on to be like, "Oh, it's a king size bed too." <laughs> it's like that's so funny. Jimmy Hart seems to be very adamant when they talk about this room sharing. It's like, oh, Piper's not going to like this. When I have to get up in the middle of the night because I'm old and need to go to the toilet a lot, I'm going to wake up. Piper, Piper, I'm going to come through here at night. Piper, I need to use your toilet. Piper, Piper. There are no young girls in there, Jimmy. Yeah, fucking A. You can see them just kind of like tolerating Jimmy Hart. Like, there's a great, funny introduction when uh, Jimmy Hart gets first introduced. Pat, Pat, they cut to Pat Patterson doing a VT and he's like, he's got the disease of the mouth. <laughs> like, it's like an amazing way to put it. And then Jimmy tells us, I'm like a pimple on prom night. I'm hard to get rid of. And I'm like, a bit more like a venereal disease if you ask me, mate. But, you know. Jesus. <laughs> fucking, he's the worst. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Roddy Piper gets the big billing here. He's the last guy in the house, the main event, blah, blah, blah. You can tell this is pre-cancel culture days because of the the little vignette they show has the half blackface promo from Mania 6 and also the smashing the coconut over double homicide Jimmy Snooker. (laughs) Wait, that's the wrong person. (laughs) Yeah, homicide's wrestling rocks. (laughs) Ah, oh, you can tell I had a nap earlier. I'm a bit, I'm a bit dozy, so I'm going to drink more of this energy drink. See, look, you're already on brand with, re- with with your employer in branding. Oh, I'm name checking these energy drinks. So I go through, get twenty percent off if you code uh, WTTV. <laughs> um, so uh, blah 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 blah. We're in the house. It's great. There's, there's, it's a great show. It's really fun uh blah 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 oh yeah piper adds a great line at the end of this to add to reality tv show drama i fear the brotherhood we have is going to be tested da, da, da. oh my god moderate peril 
<laughs> it very is. Oh, look, here's a lovely show with people you kind of love and adore and Jimmy Hart. And here's some moderate peril, as you put it, because here's a slag and a tiny dress. It's Ashley. <laughs> Ashley the the Adels. That's it's, it's ironic because they talk shit about her immediately. That's why I called her a slag because that's what they do. See, it's funny. Well, she's a rat, isn't she? She's a ring rat, you know, from the 80s. Rats, women, ring rats, right? 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 Duggan? Right? Yeah, right. Mm. Wait, it's, she when was this filmed? 2012? 2012, yeah, in the bad times of the Divas division. I mean, we just did 2014, and we know they were treating women like absolute shit in 2014, so 2012, they may as well be like third-class citizens at this point. Well, they were, they were treating them like this backstage in 2012, so at least in 2014 yeah. they got on TV. She's not even a fucking wrestler. They found random Ashley Cat from the fucking doll Pussycat or whatever. <laughs> a- a- Ashley Cat. Yeah, there we go. Ashley Cat from the Pussycat dolls. I'm definitely not deliberately trying to get her name wrong for comedy value. <laughs> Pussycat Ashley from the Dolls Pal Factory or whatever, you know? Ah, pussy slag. <laughs> mm, yeah, pussy slag, I love it. Um, she, yeah, she tells me I have to go deliver cake to the neighbours. I'm like, way, mission one, <laughs> let's go! <laughs> so weird. The best part, so obviously Ashley's arrived and she's holding like, the skimpy dress and she's holding a pineapple upside down cake and, and the lads are like, can we eat it? And her first reaction <laughs> might have been, what, the cake? <laughs> No, yeah, that's what everything else you can eat. Because <laughs> I'm a pussy slag. <laughs> <laughs> and the best so part- Jimmy Hart, but <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they these lads in there with their roommates go off with these uh, predetermined cakes, pre-bathed cakes, not predetermined. <laughs> so work, brother. Cakes. Oh, shoot great. cakes, not shoot cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so they take their shoot cakes and they go and um, they go and take it round the neighbours. And like the first, the first thing that happens is like the Fink and Pat Patterson try to get there to the neighbours, and no one's home. And then essentially, the equivalent, the Family Guy foreign cleaner lady comes out. It really is. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, no <laughs> go away no 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 we're, we're your neighbours we're here to bring you cake uh, no <laughs> and then the Fig can speak Spanish <laughs> <laughs> I popped so hard when Fig starts dropping fluent Spanish to the cleaner I'm like oh this is awesome Bat- Bats are looking spot. shocked he's like can you speak Spanish and the Fig's like yeah, like, a little bit <laughs> so they failed on their mission they do not get to deliver their cake unfortunately but uh the best bit for me at least was hacksaw and piper go off and invite themselves into this family home yeah. like some lovely mum opens the door and they're like can we come in and she's like yeah <laughs> as they're walking in the front door it's fucking great but the best bit of this i always love things like this even if you're watching like stupid things like location on tv when they're like kirsty kirsty Spe- Kirsty Awesome and Phil Spencer tell up on the door and go, oh, can we come in? And I always say to my wife going with the words, have we already filmed this bit? Because obviously they've met each other and they've been <laughs> in. So obviously yeah, exactly. I popped myself by going, yeah, can we come in? Have we already filmed this bit, Duggan? <laughs> you must have forgotten it in your old age. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not the greatest of actors at this point in their lives, I'd say. But Neither are the people I mean, in the houses who are clearly yeah, actors. Sure. 
there's a lovely bit where Piper is doing his best to interact with the kids and like create moments and stuff. And one of the kids goes, I want you to do some wrestling. And Piper goes, oh, really? See that big guy? Points <laughs> to Axel. Just gets up and forearms Axel as hard as he can across the shoulders. <laughs> like, there you go, kid. <laughs> and, Piper, and Axel's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so ding, ding, ding. Your opening contest. <laughs> Rowdy, Roddy Piper versus Axel Jim Duggan in a family invasion house invasion match i guess we're calling this but don't worry don't worry dear listener because duggan pulls out the greatest finisher in the world he tells a little kid (laughs) to take a dog biscuit to piper and offer it to him and then piper takes a bite out the dog biscuit and then is then told that's a dog biscuit and he looks at the kid looks at duggan and says did he tell you to do that Proper so, banter. Piper just job to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Well, that well, that's all right because later, like the feud continues with like Duggan's underling. <laughs> sure. It's really these are two guys that never job and never done a clean finish in their existence. I think like, it's nice to see a clean finish for a change. <laughs> Until El Hijo de Blender comes in, Triple <laughs> A's latest <laughs> signing. So Jimmy Hart's wandering around. Boo. Tells us how much he loves the American flag, but he doesn't know what cilantro is. <laughs> now, I'm not an American, and I know cilantro is coriander, and Correct. I know what coriander is because I'm not a fucking moron. But it does make you wonder how fucking dim Jimmy Hart really is. Jimmy Hart's not dim. He just doesn't like cilantro. He's cilantro Larry <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. But as you said, like they're in this house. And they're offering their cake, and their new neighbours first were going, "Oh, you've got a lovely home, yeah? Do you want some cilantro? We've got loads. Um, yeah, we'll take it. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, not, not the greatest of booking, I would say. No, cilantro versus Jimmy Hart was not great. The best. I feel one... like there's there's higher level of content we could achieve from this reality TV show we're making. The the best one was where. We almost had like Gene Oakland and Tony Atlas kidnapped by what looks like a lonely super fan. Yeah. Who's clearly a very good baker. So Gene Oakland and Tony Atlas end up going around their neighbor's house. It's like, nice, sweet little old man. who's like, do you want to come in for some cakes? And they're like, oh, yes. And in they go. And this man's got like an entire plate of like 20 brownies on it. And Tony Atlas is there just canning them going, these are delicious. What a good house <laughs> Oh, nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, nom. Free cake. <laughs> oh, that should be on a t-shirt. Ha ha, free cake. That's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's delightfully cosy. Worryingly around, cosy, talking to neighbours, eating cake. Mm. An odd way to start the show. Well, you know, it's showing that they these big celebrities are having to fraternise with the little people in their multi-million dollar mansions in Palm Springs. Yeah, sure. Lovely neighbourhood, So Lovely neighbourhood. Ne- yeah, yeah. Absolutely delightful. I'm sure Palm Springs is a lovely place to be. Uh, Piper can't make a blender work. So, also, someone left their WWE logo in the pool. Did you notice that? Very careless. Very careless. <laughs> they don't make, listen, they make sports entertainment. 
Hacksaw and Piper cut a promo on a blender, leading to Piper and Hacksaw versus a blender. <laughs> With great comments such as, <laughs> such as Duggan's. Have you turned it on? Of course I've turned it on. <laughs> My favourite bit is where Piper shakes that fucker like a newborn baby. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. <laughs> but then Duggan, like a terrible tag partner, deserts Piper and stands away. He doesn't take the tag. Yeah. He makes Piper wrestle alone. Until Piper talks com- shit to him at the same time. He's like <laughs> taking the piss. He's like, you're his partner. Get in there, mate. <laughs> Until Piper uses common sense and goes, oh, what this puck do? Plug into wall. Ah, fucking loud noise. <laughs> and then Duggan so, pisses himself laughing when the blitzer goes off. Sure. So Hacksaw does jump in to like push the button and be like, there you go. That's how you do it, Piper. And Piper grabs a knife. <laughs> You're like, oh no. <laughs> it's going to be a stabbing. He borrowed it off Snooker. Snooker yeah. left it there when he left the Legends house. What knife? I don't see a knife. To attend um, to some <laughs> other business. <laughs> so Piper finally blends his smoothie before saying, fuck you to the blender, which is great. <laughs> and you're winners of the match. Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Duggan is 2-0. and oh. He's on He's on it. He's not putting anyone over. <laughs> But I don't. Uh, but at this stage, I was like, "Why is Piper getting stuff with the blender when we all know what's going to happen? It's time for someone to be nominated as the house chef." Yeah, it's reality TV, isn't it? Got to do it because you know who's going to cook the dinner. And Pat Patterson steps up, and he's going to cook them Canadian cabbage. So he takes himself and Jimmy Hart to the grocery store. Well, they get order of ground beef, order of ground pork, and he tells the poor lad behind the butcher counter, you like to play with meat, huh? <laughs> Pat Patterson yeah. says to another gentleman behind a meat counter, uh-huh, you like to play with meat, eh? <laughs> and then, Pat Patterson making gay jokes. I'm like, wait, hang on. <laughs> What's going on here? And so funny. What made it even worse, though? So obviously we've got like a, a play with your own meat joke. And then Pat Patterson's outrage at the size of tiny cabbages. (laughs) Because they're not big enough to make steamed cabbage. They're not. My my favourite bit is where Pat grabs a cabbage. Jimmy Hart. And then also grabs some cabbage. (laughs) (laughs) Also some onions. uh, Exactly. Pat is the Mm. king of the chef. But that that scene didn't last too long. But it was a good meat joke. Sean stays here. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, so a cabbage roll is what he's going to be making. A Canadian cabbage roll. Which is Apparently, not the first Canadian destroyer, right? <laughs> the Canadian cabbage <laughs> roll. Now everyone uses it and it's not a finisher anymore. Can you somehow do like um, a chaos theory Canadian destroyer? That could be called a cabbage roll. <laughs> not quite as intimidating as like Canadian destroyer. I'll give, I'll give you that. Or Such chaos an inappropriate joke. <laughs> and I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Why not? Because I'll get I will get cancelled. That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> it's safe. It's a safe place for terrible jokes to be told. Don't worry. It's going okay. it's going in the chat just so you can enjoy it. Okay. I'll at least give it a laugh. Oh yeah, no, you can't say that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's not even racist or sexist. It's just bad enough that you can't say it. So, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about the double meaning of cabbage, isn't it? <laughs> Let's move on. Jimmy Hart. Let's just say Jimmy Hart. That's a good joke. Let's just carry on. Just shit on Jimmy Hart for like five episodes. Oh, so uh, so pa- Patterson's going to make cabbage rolls. <laughs> Jimmy Hart rolls. <laughs> Dear, dear Mr. Uh, food Podcast Man, shall we make some cabbage rolls next time we're together? I mean, we can. I don't particularly like <laughs> playing with meat, though. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be a cabbage leaf boiled, wrapped up with pork, beef, and onions inside it, and then boiled? Yeah. And here's the problem I've got with this. I'm more than happy to make Canadian um, cabbage uh, destroyers. Um, before but next time we're together but do we really have the 12 hours to <laughs> did you catch my little i did <laughs> it's a cabbage destroyer <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no that's so wrong fucking hell that's awful <laughs> oh we just got cancelled so much if anyone caught on to what we just said all right okay so um (laughs) damn it (laughs) um the lads play tennis (laughs) they wait for the cabbage rolls Oh, oh fucking hell <laughs> oh, I love that Piper has like a vendetta for every tennis ball he has to hit he's fucking amazing oh, just so you know if anyone's interested uh, in what the main ingredients of a Canadian cabbage roll are it's two mm. Savoy cabbages um, some uh, sodium reduced chicken and <laughs> parboiled rice eight slices of bacon yeah. finely chopped two <laughs> tablespoons of butter three onions um, okay. half a cup of finely chopped sweet red pepper two garlic cloves minced uh, one and a half teaspoons of dry marjoram which I used in my bread which I made when I made a herb bread the other day uh, half a teaspoon cool. of thyme uh, some lean ground beef half a cup of chopped parsley one whisked egg some salt some pepper some sauerkraut Rinsed and squeezed dry, you know, Gunter's favourite snack. Well, and, hang on, uh, hang on, we're putting sauerkraut into cabbage. That's just pickled cabbage into cabbage. Exactly. That would be like a chicken okay. eating an egg, wouldn't it? <laughs> Brown sugar and some tomato juice. Nutritional facts. Is, is a dog eating its own poo cannibalism? <laughs> <laughs> Can we put this as a poll on the pod on Twitter at World of Rest Pod? We should do more like less serious wrestling shows every week. This is great. (laughs) This is going to get us in so much trouble. I did write down the time code of one hour oh five just to make sure that I listen back to this bit and make sure we don't get cancelled. <laughs> I think there's going to, regrettably, I think there's going to be need to be some editing on this episode. Yeah, maybe. I might just take out the names. So, you know. <laughs> I, I, what, Jimmy Hart? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Ooh.
So anyway, the lads come in to eat while Atlas stretches out Patterson's knee, by the looks of it. Um, and the lads have decided the cabbage rolls will be eaten tomorrow instead. So instead what they're going to have a nice game of tennis. Yeah. I love that um, Piper has like, you know, beat the shit out of every tennis ball that comes near him and gets furious <laughs> whenever he misses. That's a, that's a competitive man off my own heart. And it's not... i tell you what, here, on the subject of um, WWE's Be A Star campaign, having mm. like Atlas and Oakland sit there and go, oh, Finkel's got fat, hasn't he? And laughing at him for being overweight. I was like... I know this it is was all... quite funny. Well, <laughs> considering what we've just been laughing at, this is what's bothered me. <laughs> sure. We, we don't care about being a star. We're here to bully people. This <laughs> is what we do. <laughs> but it was just like, I feel sorry for Fink because he was trying really hard. <laughs> mm. But I get, but again, yeah, they're setting the like characters. He's having a good time. You know? They're setting yeah. the characters here, though, aren't they, for like their 10 week run? Fink's going to be the butt of all the jokes. Sure. Yeah. I imagine that's a show. Have you seen this whole show before? I've, I've I've only watched the first episode. Okay, cool. I'm probably not going to watch the remaining nine. Well, we've got a podcast series to do, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a pod Maybe next week. It's almost like we've planned to do this one before you go away to move house. Mm. So in case there is any kickback, <laughs> we can have some downtime. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? If someone checks out the pod in the few weeks while... I'm away or whatever. This is the podcast they're going to hear. Is that a mistake? <laughs> don't forget to check us out at uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Not associated in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt. Go to Amazon.co.uk. Buy a t-shirt. WorldOfWrestlingPodcast.com. We've got loads of them. They're really good. If you go to WorldOfWrestlingPodcast.com, you can find all all the links to the t-shirts. We've got WCW ones. We've got WWE ones. We've got like New Era ones. We've got all sorts of cool shit. I was era. wearing my... Um, uh, Lij inspired one the other day, and I'm going to be wearing it tomorrow when I go to the gym with Coach Wicked in the evening for an evening lifting session. So it's going to be very nice. Booyah! Let's go. Uh, Roddy Piper has a peanut butter sandwich for dinner because he can't have any cabbage rolls. Riveting TV this bit. Imagine the outrage, and they didn't even tell me if it's crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Nightmare. <sighs> And that's how we finish day one. <laughs> we are into day two. There's, uh, oh, they've gone in. Right. So there's a gong outside on the lawn. And there's also some yoga mats. We're like, hmm. Someone hits the gong. And then someone goes, Fuji. <laughs> and I'm like, that's racist. <laughs> oh, I know it was the music and stuff as well, but. Seriously, you hear a gong and you instantly go to the one Asian guy you knew back in the day. Like, come on, boys. Yeah, at least go for like Kato Tanaka from the Orient Express if you're going to be there. Don't go straight to Fuji. Poor lad. Yeah, these are comments we make, not you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it's not Fuji. Who is it, Tax? You can almost rhyme with Fuji, Fusi, Gary, Busi. Uh, who Pat Patterson calls Gary Busick. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busick, while Tony Atz is saying it's a dong show. <laughs> Great stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking bands. So Gary Busey is here to do some meditation. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, so it starts out like, you know, fairly innocent. We've got Gary Busey, who infamously had a uh, large, I think it was a bike accident. I think it was a motorbike so one, yeah. Yeah, has a serious head injury, so 
obviously is dealing with some coping methods and like you know it's pleasantly oddball to start with there's this beautiful bit where hacksaw and piper aren't really into it and piper's like close your eyes fuck you (laughs) pants and then gary Busey tells us as they're doing this meditation stuff when i'm bored i honk at geese fuck (laughs) like right i mean it's all fairly innocent at this point all been there we've all honked at a goose we've all yeah, honked actually off the pussycat dolls yeah i suspect she's had a few honkings gotta get paid <laughs> but they then sit around a dinner table eating a bunch of curds and whey <laughs> indeed <laughs> okay um and then it's like a bunch of guys who have taken shots to the head for a living have to sit around and listen to an actor who's had a severe brain injury talk about forgetting your dead loved ones and trusting in him and pointing up to a god in the sky. And you're like, this is starting to ring of more exploitation rather than lighthearted comedy, guys. What, what's, what was this segment? It was a bit weird. This is the inspiration for the Dr. Shelby segments uh, for Daniel Bryan and Kane. Yeah, but without the comedy. <laughs> it gets very serious, but not in a well, yeah, especially fun, when Kane's like, like the, the looking after, just... looking after ch- their children, making time for their children, and people should do it, and people shouldn't be away. And that's when obviously a lot of the cast start getting hot about it. Um, and yeah, it was uncomfortable. And so, I think so. Hang on, just one one second. Let's just get this in order. So, the abuse. We'll get to that bit. I promise. Okay. So Patterson calls abuse calls Busey out on his kind of mentally ill ramblings, which are a bit like, oh, that just got really uncomfortable. That was a bit strange. I don't know why we're calling out a guy who obviously isn't quite coherently getting his thought processes through. Um, but then Busey asked the lads. What do you do outside of this? What recreational activities do you do? Which leads to some comedy because they go, the lads come up with this list. Playing cards, sitting in the sun, golf, cruises, and karaoke. So knowing pro wrestling that I do for fuck. (laughs) But knowing pro wrestlers tax, did you start to decode this like I did? They do crack. So exactly. So playing cards, gambling, sitting in the sun, tanning, golf, golf, <laughs> cruises, <laughs> cocaine, and karaoke. Cocaine. Karaoke. <laughs> yeah. More cocaine, definitely. It's pretty good. Is it bad that I like all of those things? Not cocaine. Love definitely bit of cocaine. Golf yeah, and sure. Love a bit of karaoke. <laughs> I don't like I've sitting in the really sun though. The golf thing. I've get thought it. about getting into golf. Golf, golf. I I prefer golf at the driving range because you can do it when it's raining. I had to do golf when I, I tried to get good at golf when I was in my early days of accountancy because that was like the perception you take your client out on the golf course. And the first time I was taken out on a golf day for work, which they didn't want to take me on, but I had to be taken because everyone in the office was going and they didn't want to have this guy who was a, basically a bit of a prick going to see their clients, but. I was so bad at golf. Even one of the clients turned around and said, could you start playing properly, please? We're not just going to leave you if you beat us. 
And I just looked at the guy and went, oh, no, I really am this bad at golf. I've never played. <laughs> and there was lots of, do you think we can play golf? Do you want to try doing golf? Obviously, yes. Once you're settled in and moved in, I'll take you to the driving range at Stone Lees and we'll just go and hit some balls at some cows. I know Stone Lees. I've, I've shot some weddings and stuff there. I know the staff pretty well. We might be able to get free drinks and shit. I, either that, or we can go to the one at Manston, or if there's a, a driving range near you, which I think might be in your area, we can go I'm there. I'm happy to come out your way. Yeah. We can get like a little golf gang together, so we've got like a crew to do. <laughs> Did I just say golf gang? <laughs> <laughs> we could all wear like diamond, like diamond sweater vests. <laughs> Bandanas. It'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm going to say is, and I know I'm, I'm nowhere near it, and I've never met them, but I don't have to come. Please just take it as like, hey, uh, Ollie, I've decided that I'd like to do a wrestle talk social <laughs> and take them all to golf. <laughs> oh, by the way, I bought my mate. <laughs> He's shit at golf. Ollie, mate, so funny. Around uh, Christmas time, Ollie's like, right, we're going to do a Christmas party for the gang, right? And we're like, okay, awesome. What are we going to do? And he's like, wow, we've got this and we can try this. And uh, had all these plans and stuff. And what it ended up being was karaoke at one of the local bars. (laughs) And I was uh, like, I've got to work. Sorry, like those days that you picked to do it, I've got got to do edits and stuff. I've got to be home. And Ollie's like, you can do it the day after or we can find someone else to do the work. I was like, no, no, I think I should... (laughs) do these edits Ollie. <laughs> well then he'll be very happy that you want to do the uh, WrestleTalk golf tournament yeah mate this is another example like, we could definitely do WrestleTalk golf in the future like if we start to get like uh, no good edits we can beat them obviously um, <laughs> jam like, that another jam example hole in Ollie's one awesomeness <laughs> <laughs> when I didn't come to the party right uh, there's also a couple of other people that couldn't because you know kid commitments and work commitments and travel and all that sort of and stuff hating of karaoke yeah, well, there is that. Um, Ollie sent me and everyone else individually. Like, uh, I think it was like sixty quid on Deliveroo. As oh, a th- nice! As like, a, oh, you couldn't come. Here's a bunch of like, you know, money to get a takeaway or something. I was like, oh, that's so good. You can tell he lives in London because sixty quid for a takeaway. Fuck that. We lived on like Queens for a week, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Queens, Patterson was unhappy at this beauty part, wasn't he? <laughs> He's the loveliest of queens. He's so bloody, 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 blood. Yeah, he's great. Well, there's rumours. Let's not let let's not let's not the truth get in the way of a good memory. Okay, all right. Send Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> what I tell him? Um, Tony Atlas brings up the, that he works with kids, and Hacksaw's like, "Fuck you, goody two shoes. I've got kids of my own. Fuck your kids." <laughs> Jerry Lawler turns around going, did someone say kids? <laughs> <laughs> so which gives Atlas and Hacksaw an excuse to argue over the dinner table. And their argument is basically if you should be looking after your own kids or other people's kids. So Tax Williams, as a father, do you prefer your kid or other people's kids? Well, I prefer my kids because I can throw them into metal bed frames. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Allegedly. Accidentally. <laughs> Accidentally. Nowhere near my child when it happened. Lying little yeah, exactly. toe rag. Um, no, I, 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 pre- I prefer play- <laughs> I prefer. I feel like you need to clarify. <laughs> yeah, that, it was, it, well, if you go back and listen to the archives of worldofwrestlingpodcast.com, you will hear about the horror 
of my uh, pre-New uh, Year's Eve, <coughs> pre-return to school danger where my mm. daughter flung herself in a hissy fit into a bed and gave herself a Klingon head and then turned yeah. around and shouted out going, Daddy pushed me! Like, you little <laughs> shit! <laughs> Oh, it still upsets me to this day. Kids are so funny about it. Oh, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this one out there on the podcast, much to my wife's uh, anger. My wife uh, is switching to a, a job at Pfizer and got very angry the other night because they were basically dicking her about. So she shouted at it. I'm I, 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 I rightly was very annoyed by it. I took my daughter to bed, who then shouted in my face and said, well, mummy shouts at you, so it must be okay. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but then, so I was like, this has not gone well anyway. And then the next day, I walked her to school, and she said, yesterday at Breakfast Club, Eden cried and got whatever she wanted. I want to be upset today. And I was like, oh, dear. These, uh, these drama hell. lessons really are not paying well, because it's starting to fuck me over. Anyway, mm. in the queue for the Breakfast Club, <laughs> she, said, she, she looked at me and went, I love you, Daddy. I was like, oh, I love you, too. Have a good day. I will... <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? And then she shouted out really loudly, Mummy and Daddy shouted at each other. I didn't know shouting whatsoever, and she didn't shout directly at me. She was shouting about the situation. And they don't sure. love each other anymore. <laughs> Ran off into Breakfast Club to the point that one mother walked up to me and said, if you're going to have domestics, don't do it in front of your child. Never seen this woman before in my Jesus. life. And I looked at this woman and was like, okay. I just walked away really quick. The like, words you're looking for are, mind your own fucking business. <laughs> well, I, did, I didn't want to live to the reputation my child had unfortunately given me at breakfast. Just well. slap her. <laughs> just be like, fuck you. <laughs> I'll shout whoever the fuck I want. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but yeah, I'd rather look after my own child than other people's in answer to your original question. Sure. Yeah, or was that sure as in you don't believe me? Because I don't believe me either. <laughs> no, it's more of a hypothetical for comedy value, but I appreciate you answering it. I like my kid too. Other people's kids are douchebags, apart from yours, which seems quite funny by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's funny. She's a prick. <laughs> yeah. So for those that don't know, my kid's autistic. And so she comes out with the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life sometimes. She was like, sometimes she'll just like wake us up by going, <laughs> just holding one note as long as she can. And then she'll go, <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's the Eurovision Stop key it. change. She's nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate and like she has uh what's called a st- like stims which are like things she does to kind of like comfort herself so she'll like play with her fingers or say a word on repeat a lot so for example she loves the word purple she'll just be like purple <laughs> and you're like yeah purple <laughs> it's really fun but one of her stims at the moment is that she'll just pick a sound and kind of repeat it <clears throat> it's not like she's saying the word it's just like she'll go like Fa or whatever you know and the other day fucking wake up to gay <laughs> just as loud as she can and like my brother won't, the my word. brother way through the window went, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she doesn't mean gay it's just that that's a, a combination of consonants and vowel that she's picked out that she's gonna say today and like oh it's so funny occasionally you see her going gay 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine your new neighbours. She's in the front garden or in the back garden playing away nicely. Oh, look, there's the lovely girl next door. Hello, little one. How are you? Go! <laughs> imagine, imagine if you're living next door to a gay couple and the first thing they do is introduce yeah. themselves and she goes, gay! Yeah. <laughs> but she will do stuff like, you know, she'll see a black object and go, Black! <laughs> So I'm waiting for the day where she meets like a black friend or something of ours and just walks up and goes, black. And I'm like, I'm sorry. She's autistic. She doesn't mean it. Because it's going to happen. Like she will just pick out a feature of someone and just point it out to them. And like, oh, it's so funny, man. She's the best. She's so, so good. But um, yeah, she doesn't mean gay. She doesn't know what gay means, I think, at this point in her life. And it's not like a, a word we throw around as an insult. We're not those people, obviously. And so, yeah, it's just a, con- a bunch of consonants that she's put together that she likes to say because it's comforting. Yeah, we, try I, and we teach her that this is not something you can just shout at people, <laughs> you know, but she's a four-year-old autistic kid. She doesn't quite get it all the time. I had the semi-difficult one of uh, when, when my daughter was like, Daddy, why don't Uncle Ben and Uncle Sean have children? And I was like, <laughs> I was like well, keep putting it in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> gotta it put it in the vagina mate <laughs> yeah. they're not doing it wrong standing up it don't get pregnant right <laughs> but then she said um and I, I i hope they enjoy this question when they get it they're like yeah which one would carry a baby in their tummy and i just said Aww. to her I, I, I said to her i said <laughs> ask them next time you see them <laughs> <laughs> that's great Oh, please let me know the response when that comes back. I think one of I think Uncle Ben or Uncle Sean will just look at her and go, "Gay." <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, Busey uh, is chatting to the guys, and every time you know it gets awkward, he tries to change the subject. So he asks them about anger management, which Piper slams the table and goes, "What the fuck made you think of that?" <laughs> It's great. Beauty calms the scenes down by throwing a bag of coke in the pool and watch them all jump in to cool off. <laughs> yeah, boy. That's <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Beauty continues to talk shit about close-ups and uniforms, and he's trying to be, you know, guru leading these guys on their adventure and stuff. And like he says stuff like, you know, you've got to leave the gimmick behind. And then Piper sits him down and goes, I'm going to clearly explain to you why you're an actor with your Hollywood bullshit and the reality of being a touring wrestler in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Like they have to live the gimmick. You know, he explains that, you know, when people shout at you in the street, they don't shout your character name. They shout Gary Busey. To me, they shout Roddy Piper. I am the gimmick. And you suddenly realize the major difference that a lot of these pro wrestlers go through. Like They are these people to their adoring audiences, you know? Yeah, and I think that drums it home that how these guys had to live in completely different to today's wrestler where they can go on like TV shows and they can talk out of mm. character. They can sort of blur the lines a little bit. But the pressure genuinely... I mean... Like we've waxed lyrical about the the efforts in ECW of Sandman not going to work, staying in his house blind to keep kayfabe alive, and these yeah. boys all lived by kayfabe. That's the only way they could keep their bookings, keep their gimmicks. Because Piper is a prime example. Piper always had to be a dick. He couldn't be like, 
Oh, brilliant. He, Piper wouldn't be doing Make-A-Wish. Yeah, he, he's a heel. Exactly. He wouldn't be doing it. He wouldn't be able to have those really positive experiences that Wrestling Fames bought him. So, And it so shows. You see him as an adult around these kids and how great he was with those kids earlier in the show when they broke into that lovely family's house. <laughs> but you realize that deep down Piper seems to be such an amazing human being and all the stories you hear about him from people he's acted with and people he's wrestled with that he's always seemed like the most genuinely lovable, a bit stubborn, but he's a pro wrestler. And so having to live that character must have been like a level of torture for these guys. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the difference. Well, like, Hillbilly Jim was always a face. So he'd always get people being nice to him and everything. Patterson, um, again, I think it's like pretty much the same until he was the uh, the comedy heel in the Attitude Era, and that was the purpose, to, to draw heat. And Duggan, yeah. again, was always the American hero. But Piper, a lot of pressure. And, and again, I would, you know, even though we'd, and I'd say probably again for Tony Atlas as well, because in the time that he was wrestling, mm. To be a black professional wrestler would have been fucking impossible, especially in yeah, certain absolutely. territories. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. <clears throat> so we are back in the house. Pat Patterson makes a toast. Here's to me. Here's to you. If by any chance would disagree, here's to me. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of drinking at this stage because we're, we're almost at the end mm. of the episode and. Hang on a minute. Obviously, it's reality TV. So we need to have a cliffhanger to get people coming to the next episode. So everyone's drinking. They're all back in the house, having a lovely time. Someone having a nap? Bearing their um, neck injury scars from their broken necks. Yeah. And they're like, like, all these guys have had broken necks. What the fuck? How do they exist? How do they function in life? (laughs) They've all got broken necks, dude. Because, you know, we work in a time. We work in a time where wrestlers were wrestlers rich. <laughs> they weren't yeah. playing video games or chatting or looking on their phones. No, no. They were breaking their necks. And that's when the business was better. Yep. Right wing t shirts and whiskey. <laughs> that's when it was better, right? And the reason why people don't want people to have a real insight into the characters playing, so the actors playing these characters, as WWE are very much adamant that they are an entertainment brand and they want to see themselves like as the Marvel super universe, hence why people like Lashley have their own special entrances and intro stuff coming through, is that when you find out the actor playing the characters who you grew up with going, man, I love The Undertaker. The Undertaker's great. That's right. The Undertaker's great. Mark yeah. Calloway, not so much. Bit of a, bit of a gun, did he, apparently? Oh, it's so weird, like... Just just shut the fuck up, you know? Like, we don't have to hear what you have to say, mate. You can just shut the fuck up. Like, it's fine. I look forward to his Hall of Fame speech when he's like, all of you wrestlers on the front row of your little suits, you don't know how good you've got it. Yeah. Sad nav to get to the next town. <laughs> I once drove to Nova thing. Scotia in error. <laughs> <laughs> but I still turned up for the booking and worked my ass off for a pint of lager and a bag of crack (laughs) (laughs) then we all shot on Anderson and he no sold it (laughs) (laughs) so the lads sit around have a bevy or two put over the golden era 
And then there's this beautiful moment where Piper talks about the ability to connect with an audience, and that being the special magic of pro wrestlers, which breaks down into a teetotal Piper feeling bad about being around booze and the guys again, I guess. And he starts to look out for, sorry, he starts to look for a way out of the show tax. Mm. He did. He went up and sat down in their lovely gym area in his pajamas and his dressing gown. And he was looking for a way out. And then you see Piper just walking down the street. Is Piper With about to walk out of the show, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, Piper's trying to escape and he heads down the road with the the camera crew and all the lighting and probably a producer or two. <laughs> and they'd actually already filmed the series. This was just for the extras. As <laughs> a person who does production for a living it's very difficult for me to turn off that make-believe part of what i'm watching and so i'm looking at this going right so you can hear the director almost going so what we're gonna do is you're gonna be like oh i want out i'm gonna leave and how are we gonna do that roddy and roddy's like well i'm gonna walk down the road and i'm gonna do acting because i'm a professional actor they're like okay and roddy's portrayal is very good he seems genuinely upset. He seems genuinely annoyed. He is com, com, um, contemplating life existence and stuff. The way he portrays it is very, very good. But the fucking wobbly ass, <laughs> deeply lit <laughs> camera crew they've got with them is like, ah, I don't know about this, boys. No, I mean, it's an important portrayal, though, of like these aging wrestlers. The, especially yeah. those who have now moved away from like their vices. And it is a great example. Like If you're surrounded by seven people in a building who are boozing it up and you're a recovering addict, there is no way, there's no way you're going to want to be in that situation. So, And it's one of those things that I know they needed to create drama. And that's the whole thing of reality TV. And we love wrestling when they blur the lines of uh, fiction and reality. But this is the sort of topic where it's a case of, and it's the same thing like WWE did every time Jeff Hardy was in the company. Oh, don't fall off the wagon, Jeff. <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's almost like saying to Piper, you know you're an alcoholic. You've been clean for a long time. Come on to this network TV where there's going to be lots of booze <laughs> and these old boys who wrestle like the old times who don't understand looking after yourself. Yeah, he's been clean about three or four years by this point. So it's a long time for someone to be teetotal and everything. Um, it's obviously a struggle. And I guess it's something that they feel the need to betray, I guess. But we've got this lovely, cozy, silly, has a few kind of storylines set up show. And we have to finish it like this with, you know, Mean Gene and Jimmy Hart telling us that Piper could crack. It's just a matter of time. And then how is this finished, Tax? piper in the dark and then it did they because again <clears throat> my notes ended there but don't they go into the on this series of legends house well i don't know if you caught this because it was quite brief but they cut back to piper then they pan up to the moon and just hear piper going oh <laughs> he's howling at the moon hell. and there was this bit in the back of my head was like are we doing a werewolf side plot with piper because if we are then you know i'm in but he was it's... he was probably set to be on sci-fi for the ECW WWE <laughs> um, debut. <laughs> it, it was a weird choice. 
I don't know whether it was meant to be, you know, oh, they're in Palm Springs where there are wolves. <laughs> that seemed unlikely. And it was definitely a human being doing it. They don't film Piper doing it. That's because the director like, was out there because Piper was like, fucking hell, I've done my acting. Just do your thing. Uh, Stephen, we didn't get the wolf shot. Just pan to the moon. Oh. Genuinely, it was like they were like, well, we've got to make him seem more crazy than he seems. Let's just add in a, a man howling at the moon and like insu- insinuate that it was Piper. Well, it's a very strange production choice, this last scene. Because like, I quite enjoyed the show, but this end bit, I was like, wait, what? It's a rather shitty kind of feeling to leave us on. Oakland did say he could crack at any time, and then at night, an, an American mm. werewolf in Palm Springs. You know, it's a well-known movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Shiki that was doing the crack, but you know. Uh, fuck Hogan. Fuck, uh, fuck Dahl Hogan. <laughs> and, and then we're out. Then we see people in golf carts again with mallets, and um, yeah. Next time on whatever this show is called, Legends House. So I mean, yeah, that's it, folks. Uh, it was, it was all right. I, I was thinking it was a massive shame that when they had the yoga mats out and stuff, it wasn't DDP coming to do silly yoga with them and take the piss out of the boys because that would have been really fun, I thought. Had he started DDP yoga in 2012? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. not sure. But but Gary Busey was such a weird fucking choice. It's like, who's weird? <laughs> Who can we get cheap? Gary Busey, that'll work. Why not? I mean, and and that's the thing, isn't it, though, right? So... The fact that they got Busey there is again they're just trying to go, ha ha, freak show, freak show, la 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 la. Yeah. And again, as always with WWE, oh um, you've got someone who might have not be uh, mentally stable, or you know, not not of great sound mind because they've they've had a horrific brain injury. Let's get them on the TV because it's good fodder to have people go, ha, Busey says stupid stuff sometimes. It's a bit weird, but. Mm. Uh, DDP Yoga actually started in 2012, so as this was filmed in January 2012, it probably wasn't established at that stage. That's why it wasn't uh, uh, DDP at that stage, okay. sadly. Let's, let's do a different example. They could have got like Sarge from WCW's power plant, <laughs> you know, to come run drills imagine. with the guys. <laughs> Louis Theroux turns up. If you're going to blow chunks, Louis, blow chunks! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking A. But just like, more silly shit rather than having to get really serious about like forgetting dead loved ones in the middle and stuff I'm like that's not what we're here for this is silly reality tv show boys like, they're on a journey rich they're on a journey oh, for nine episodes they're on a journey they're going to come out better people and stronger friends and the bond that these eight men had that piper mentioned before there and while it was put to the test that bonds come out even stronger and can't be broken <laughs> so in my life I have had minuscule portions of kind of fame, I guess you would call it, right? And I was in a band where we've played a couple of relatively big shows and, you know, weirdly people have asked me for my autograph and stuff and I've been like, why? (laughs) Because I struggle with the concept in general. And, you know, I work for a company where there's a bunch of famous dudes who I think it's fair to say they're famous, right? I would definitely say they're famous, yes. Cool. And so every part of me is like, I want none of that for myself. Like, it's not a life I ever want now. It's definitely something I aspire to as a younger person, right? Um, 
but yeah, the idea of fame is it's it's what I think most people desire when they're younger and like, oh, I can be successful and famous and make loads of money. The reality of that, every step of the journey I've seen with it, is that fame comes with so much baggage and so much bullshit that the pressure of it and it's just not worth the the benefits i guess it would be and the vast majority of famous people seem to be fucking cunt by the time they're famous and so i'm like it's just not for me at all this is um, why this is why the benefit and i'm quite lucky through my uh very amateur professional wrestling career that i can very much separate the tax williams character from the day job yes okay the day after a show day was always a bit of a come down for it but Despite what it might seem, as someone who likes professional wrestling, I like the idea of wrestling. I like being able to entertain. I don't like the idea of people coming up to me afterwards. Like even <laughs> even after shows, like SCPW shows, and uh, Matt would be like, "Oh, um, we've got the meet and greet afterwards, so go and sit with the heels." Or you know, on the rare occasion that I was a face, go and sit with the faces. I'd be like, "But they don't give a shit. Why would they want?" <laughs> and like people asking for photographs and stuff like that, and I. And it had a huge flashback. And again, it was never on the same level that Iris was like in, it, when I was in Safe Target as. But I remember we were playing a show in Canterbury and people just kept coming up and wanting photographs of me and with, with like the rest of STA. And I was like, I just sure. want to eat my fucking pasta pot and go for a poo before we play. <laughs> Will you just fucking leave me alone so I can eat my pasta, have a dump, go and play and get home to my flat? That's all mm. I want. And I think that was that show where I was like, I don't think I want to be a touring musician because yeah, it sounds it's like that. it's going to be no money, no comfort, and also very little enjoyment. So here's the thing for me about this this whole concept is that you're talking about doing a wrestling show and having that big come down from that big kind of like adrenaline dump or whatever. I think that's really, really good. It's when the adrenaline dump becomes um, non-existent and that it's this is what I do that seems to create this weird complacency which leads into douchism almost you know what i mean like i'm very lucky in that the people i work with are not like this and that they all seem to be very grounded in reality and such and this is not about them this is about <laughs> other people i've known in certain bandmates <laughs> Yeah, sure. And what my aspirations are personally be changed over my course of my existence, right? You know reality TV. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> it seems like the opposite of every belief I hold about fame. Like, when you read out that Ashley from the Pussycat Doll CV, I was like, there is literally not a single piece of this CV which holds any sort of value to me whatsoever. It seems like it's a CV of someone reaching out for fame. And, like, I guess that's my biggest problem with reality TV in general is that it's. It's not the element of it's trashy. I'm fine with trashy things. Like, I love pro wrestling. It's pretty trashy, mate. It's the element of a lot of the time it's people reaching out for fame. And that's it almost. That's not how this show came across. It's, it's very much, these are already guys who are very, very famous. Yes, a lot of them are in it for a cheap payday or whatever, like a cheap pop in that terms. Not that they weren't getting paid well. I'm sure they were getting paid great. Apart from Jimmy Hart, probably did it for a packet of crisps. But you know, it's, I think that's why it's so heartwarming. It's not about people 
trying to shit on everyone else for their their fame purpose or their money purpose it's just eight guys having a silly old time in a posh house in palm springs you know it's quite adorable it's like um was it one night in vegas that movie where you've got all the old boys going for one last little hurrah and it's thing and it's things like that and like you said and we said at the start of the pod like hillbilly jim was like the personification of this he's not here to become famous he's here because yeah he's going to get paid but he seemed genuinely happy to see his like his old war buddies getting to share stories shoot the shit and go from there but to finish off back what you said about like reality tv celebrities aren't real celebrities anymore when we grow up celebrities we movie stars people who actually had a skill had a talent who could do something (laughs) and i said this to my wonderful barber yesterday when it was a bit like i and he was on the subject of like trying to get a girl had come in like just before lockdown the the last one um and he was like she wanted to like have a chair in his his barbershop he's like you know come and find me after lockdown we're about to lockdown but yeah absolutely and he said to one of his customers who knew her, I was like, oh, can you, you know, I've tried contacting her. She's not here. And I was like, yeah, let me show you this. And he showed her OnlyFans. He's like, she's not going to do any hairdressing anymore because she can make more money doing this. And she's like, in inverted commas, he called her a celebrity. It's like, getting your gash out is not being a celebrity. It's f- <laughs> fair play. <laughs> well, it is nowadays. Well, you know, that's it's, fair play. It's crazy. Like, genuinely, if you can make, if people want to pay money to see it and you can make money of it, Make as much money as you fucking can. But all I will say to anyone listening to this, and uh, if we've not been cancelled by this stage, um, if you're young and you want to be like Instagram famous, fucking hell, invest your money, get a pension, <laughs> and don't and get a boob job. Because <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get my seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> They, it's bands. I actually saw a quote from someone on uh, some sort of video app the other day. They're being like, so people keep asking me like how I've done so well on TikTok, Instagram, whatever. And uh, yeah, so what I did is like, I went to college, I got a degree, I, I learned all this, and I studied the algorithms. Oh, I'm just joking. I got a boob job. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just almost that extent nowadays. Like you know, don't alter your body for other people, lovely listeners, like <laughs> women listening to this podcast, <laughs> bands. But like you know. <laughs> it's it's a strange world we live in man and i think fame is grotesquely overrated and the fucking amount of douchebags are out there nowadays it's the it's the woman who made 38 grand over three months selling farts in jars is the most recent celebrity that's entertained me the most don't you admire that though isn't that hilarious to you provided they're correctly declaring their tax declaring it in the right way (laughs) sure that's the priority and one and once she trips and I again depend on the platform. Once she trips that 85k threshold, better register for VAT because I'm pretty sure the yeah. fart sniffers will be very disappointed to have that 20% uplift. <laughs> As will her boobs when she gets it. <laughs> oh, this was Thank brilliant. You for li- this, yeah, this that was great. Brilliant. Thank the- you. That's end on that. That's great. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, I had a lovely show. Are we going to rate this or is this just a five no, star? This job? is this, this just being able to talk about. A topic of wrestling and just general stuff of of us. Because like you always say, you know, people don't come here for the wrestling. They come here for us and see if there's anything they can ever hold against us if we become Instagram famous. And this is another reason why we can never become famous. Because we've got this podcast in the archives at (laughs) worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Love it. Uh, Go buy a t-shirt. Go to amazon.co.uk or worldofwrestlingpodcast.com and just search World of Wrestling Podcast. 
We've got a whole bunch of cool merch up now. We've got a hoodie as well. It's a zipped up hoodie. Don't even have those at WrestleTalk. So. <laughs> Hoodie's done me well this winter. It's been very nice and snugly warm. And yeah, uh, it's badass as well. I, I ask you this question because obviously, you know, normally uh, we can actually plan if we're going to have a break and we'll do it on the pod because, you know, We've managed to make a 45-minute episode of of uh, Legends House go over hour an hour and three quarters on the... Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry, yeah. On the pod. Um, but obviously, you are due to move house next Thursday. So are you yep. going... I mean, I doubt very much you're going to have time to watch a show. You're going to want to be spending two hours with me as an arsehole to talk, chat shit about wrestling when you've got to move house literally less than 36 hours after recording. So... Are we going to officially say we'll take a break for a few weeks till you get set on your new house? Or Considering we've got Rumble and I'm assuming you're going to have a lot of edits to do from that, do you think you can fit one in? Or shall we, essentially, when we come back, I know we we're going to do GCW, should we go straight into the next series when we're back and drop what we're doing as we may not be able to do another episode? Or do you think we can do GCW next week and announce it then? <laughs> that was the longest question you've ever asked me. <laughs> I'm just trying to stretch out the pod. As you said, filler. I kept trying to answer you and you're like, oh, he's still talking. Okay, cool. That was great. Uh, so, yeah, I'm moving house, obviously. Um, I don't know if you got that from my long question. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. So, uh, God, I don't know where to start. There's so many elements. So, so Rumble No, there's not. There's one. I'm working Saturday and Sunday. But then I'm pretty much from that Monday onwards, I'm off, mate, for two weeks. And so I've got to fit a bathroom and decorate a room and get, like, you know, drains and central heating and stuff and start, you know, the work on the first floor. We are literally renovating this entire house. We're going to add a first floor to a house tax. How crazy is that, man? Outstanding building work. Yeah, sure. So there's never um, been a builder in WWE, has there, as a character? Uh, William Regal? Well, he's a lum- he was a lumberjack, wasn't oh. he? Kind of. He wore builders. Well, I suppose. Oh. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, the point being that um, I will be available to do pods and stuff. I'm going to obviously have time off, and I'm not going to be able to work 24 hours a day <laughs> on the on the house. So I still think we'll be able to do pods and such. And uh, here's a tip for you: if you're moving into a house, if you call the internet providing company two weeks before you move in and say, yeah, we've bought the house. Can you change over the internet, please? By the time you move into the house, it's already activated. Nice. Well played. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Fuck the people that are using the internet in the house you're buying. <laughs> it doesn't matter if their internet stops working. Exactly what I did here. You, you buy it. <laughs> I even had the router to plug in on my moving in day. I had it delivered Love to my it, old mate. house, plugged it in the first thing I did. Very smart. Anyway, so uh, I will have internet literally the day we move up. It's being activated on the same day, which is delightful. But what I was thinking is that um, maybe we could do it in person. I could come down to you and pod it if I haven't got computers set up by that point. Sounds like an absolutely brilliant plan. So we won't pod next week because you'll be getting ready to move. Yeah. I've got to take one week off. But I think the week after we can be back and do the GCW show. We're going to do the bloody Manhattan Center job. What's it called nowadays? Uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom. That's the one. I can't remember. I forgot the name. But yeah, the, the Hammerstein Ballroom show, which looked fucking awesome. Absolutely. Sounds delightful. We'll get it all booked in. We'll get it sorted. You can come here and we'll make those uh, Canadian destroyer cabbage rolls. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. We can play some golf as well. Oh, God. 
I'm going to take the day I'm off. I'm genuinely up for doing some golf. <laughs> I'm going to take the day fun. off. We're going to go and play golf, eat disgusting <laughs> cabbage and record a pod. This is going to be so good. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, man. We'll book a date for that and we'll get on that. All right. Nice. Well, good luck with your move. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has been Legends House on the World of Wrestling Podcast. So professional. Wow. Okay, I just ruined it with the outro. Okay, bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. The wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get it, 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 get